On today's episode of Senior Quotes, guess what? We're back, back again. Guess who's back? Senior Quotes. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Football. Lots of football and lots of new segments. I think it's about time we get into it. Let's get it. Host Aiden Broderick joined as always by Jack Coleman, who I thought would introduce himself. That is there. me. I there no introduction is. needed. We're back and ready to get into it. Yeah. I'm so excited to be back for year two here at BC. We're coming live, brand new studio, new little room, and it's kind of nice. It's got a nice atmosphere. For sure. But a little better than last year's situation. But it took us a while to get in here, and now we are back. We did a football game in between. Uh, real quick, we. We're calling the Boston College uh, Kansas game. Yep, not a fun one. Yeah, not great. That was the first loss of the year. We had some fun, though, oh, along the way. of course. We had a blast. Um, and we were bringing you some really cool interviews, too. Uh, we had Cookie Boy. If you haven't listened yet, definitely check that out. That was a blast. We had Drew Gallagher, the coordinating producer of College Game Day. Also a lot of fun. Definitely check them out if you haven't already. And no secrets will be spilled yet but there's some more guests on the way very very soon we'll probably be having another one so we'll keep you updated on that but until then it's back to some standard good old senior quotes yeah and i mean we do have an awesome guest schedule coming uh for the foreseeable future and you guys will find out about that as we go you know no spoilers or anything but we're very excited for that but for today we thought we'd get back to the roots and um finally record an episode of senior quotes live i mean it's been a minute for sure but we're testing out the new studio might be some technical difficulties here and there we'll see how that goes might even stream a little instagram live if it's all going well um obviously that doesn't matter to you guys who are either listening on the radio or listening back to our podcast on apple Podcasts and soundcloud check that out um but if you're able to tune in on the senior quotes instagram that would be really cool and uh, get to see our faces, hopefully. I don't know where I'll set that up. But, yeah, we're just trying to, you know, figure out this new uh, studio and how we should operate with it. Um, and we're looking forward to that. A little, a little a much nicer studio. Much nicer. We uh, and are pretty comfortable in here. To go along with the newness, we also, if you haven't checked out our summer preview episode, have added a lot of newness to the actual show. No doubt. New segments. New takes, yeah. new senior quotes, whole lot of fun. Same old us, I guess, but <laughs> yeah. But let's get into it then. All right, so we both um, have prepared a couple of... I avoided a sneeze so well right there. Awesome. <laughs> Congrats, nice job. Uh, we both have prepared one quote each, um, one stat line each, and you have a... Uh, glass what was half full. You have a glass half full. I didn't get one, but... Okay, if you have three seconds, I only have two. Why don't you lead off, and I'll I'll try to think of a third on the fly as we go. But. Okay, uh, which one would you like to start out let's with? Start with a quote. So let's stick with the quotes. To start off, senior quotes, who said it, who's it about? Here we go. All right. Blank did what we've coached him to do. If that's a foul, we'll have to coach him differently. Oh, so it's either... 
Jonathan Jones from the Patriots or Vontez Burfik from the uh, Raiders, excuse me. Um, and I think, oh, that's tough. I mean, both were... Um, did, I, don't, I don't really know how to describe either hit because it's, it's just up for debate whether they were dirty or not. But they were helmet-to-helmet hits. Um, one came against the Colts, the Vontez Burfik hit on Jack Doyle. The other was on Josh Allen and uh, knocked him out of the game. And I feel like that's what we're talking about here. So I'm going to say Bill Belichick about Jonathan Jones. Now that's correct. Definitely wanted to bring this up. I figured we'd be able to talk about both with this quote. Hmm. So the Bills, in their 16-10 loss to the Pats, they also lost Josh Allen, who honestly, like when I first saw the hit, I thought Josh Allen potentially could be dead. Or like it was bad. may never walk again. It was one of those hits where you're like he was absolutely slumped and it didn't look like he was going to be able to come back. No. And it was also one of those moments that – I like personally watched live yep. with my own two eyes as it happened, and you just kind of look away. You know, I'm reminded of like Paul George injury and Kevin Moore stuff like that. Of course. But like, this is one of those hits that was just like, oh my god, this dude is potentially not living anymore. So awful hit. Definitely thought there would be some kind of punishment for it. There still may be. I mean, you know, they'll they'll be able to look back at it and really decide. But here we are. Tuesday after football, we're not sure yet if Josh Allen will be cleared to play Sunday. I personally, honestly, no. Josh Allen hey, should not play Sunday after I agree. that hit. I agree. Like, we, if we're going to talk about concussions and how serious they are, like there isn't a hit that's like that bad that deserves to allow the player to keep playing. Um, but the there was a holding call, and the unnecessary roughness call off call offset each other, mm-hmm. which. Like, made me think, that just doesn't seem right, that, like, those two calls can offset each other. Like I, that, I agree. I, like, I unnecessary so roughness really needs, like, a little bit more, as no well doubt. as... I think it should kind of be, like, the flagrant calls in basketball, okay. where, like, there's different degrees to it, and you get thrown out based on the degree. Because, like, this was obviously, like, a flagrant, mm-hmm. at the least, too. Mm-hmm. And if he's in the NBA, like, there's co- some consequences, like, mid-game. So NFL should really do something about that because then it's kind of lame. The, the, the severity of the calls are far too vast and far too ranging. But besides that, the hit before by, I believe it was Harmon. Deron Harmon? Deron Harmon. I, don't, I can't remember. I believe it was. He wrapped him up. But if you look back at the video, he also somewhat leans with his head a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the other hit by Jonathan Jones, like, he hit into him, and it wasn't even like a hit where he was wrapping around him or anything or going like that. Like, it was ducking in, launching his entire body at his head, and then the minute the hit was over, he was, like, standing perfectly. Yeah. Like, you don't stand like that after a hit. Unless you're going for a kill shot straight to that. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Jones knocked Josh Allen out of the game. Vontez Perfect luckily did not do that to Jack Doyle, but his seems a little more intentional. And, I mean, he literally celebrated the play after the fact, which is probably what got him uh, thrown out of the game. Um, and I think you can argue that Jones's hit was not intentional. He wasn't trying to knock Josh Allen out. Uh, uh, hopefully the same can be said for Vontez Perfect, but... Um, 
I don't know, to be honest. But at the very least, I do think that the right call was made for Burfecht. Um, that Definitely. he was not only thrown out of the game, but because of his multiple run-ins with this rule, uh, banned for the rest of the season. I think that's how it should be. Yeah, he I he mean, does not deserve <laughs> to keep playing and doing these things. Vontaze Burfecht has been doing this for far too long. And... You know, any kind of time it comes up again, there should be this sort of punishment where it's like, all right, you still have not learned your lesson. Like, you need to not play for a season because, like, it's getting ridiculous with him. And especially nowadays with football having so much criticism that it's getting and in relation to concussions and dirty hits, like, this needs to happen. So it was it was more so a matter of the NFL missing or, excuse me, the refs getting one call right. And getting the other completely wrong, I think. Okay. As well as the severity of how calls should be graded and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that needs some work on it. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about that. And there's just no... So, I mean, people, especially former players, have been arguing that um, both of those hits should be allowed and that what is ha- like what's happening in this game, it's not a man's game anymore. But there's just no place for those hits where clearly this is how so many former football players have brain damage and CTE and whatnot after the fact. And while I know that football players say don't throw that term around, it's just a fact that so many players end their careers after multiple concussions and are just in not the same state that they were entering the game. You know, they're not in the same state as the average 30 or 40 year old male is in terms of brain health so it's clearly something needs to be done about it it's not slowing the pace of the game down there's just no place in having those hits where i feel like i used to watch those hits and get excited about them now i kind of cringe and hope for the best for the person who just took that hit and feel that it shouldn't be it shouldn't have a place in the game at all yeah yeah that's how i see it my my final take on this though is that this response by belichick i'm actually kind of okay with I think that if you're the coach and this happens mid-game and no one says anything to you about it, you you know are getting away with it mid-game. If you're the coach, you ride with it. You're like you yeah. guys did everything right in the eyes of the refs. You can't, you know, that's not going to bode well for team chemistry if you're knocking them down in a press conference post-game. Right. I think Belichick made the right call here to just side with the refs until other information comes out. Then you don't side with him. It's the same thing he did with Antonio Brown. They're harassing him about AB. Yes, it it's a rough look now, looking back. Oh, well, no question. But, you know, until all the evidence was gathered, which is something that doesn't necessarily happen nowadays, and especially with sports, until all the evidence is gathered, you just got to ride with your guys. And then once word breaks, you make the proper uh, comments. So I, I think Belichick was smart to have done what he did. Yeah, for those just tuning in on Instagram Live, totally which Boston fans have going on. Yeah, <laughs> Let's I, say we don't talk about Boston yeah, sports. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, but we are... I, I agree with you. I think defending how Belichick went about it in the conference because he didn't, what, he didn't say it wasn't a bad hit or anything. He just said that's how he was coached, just to make those plays and have that intensity on the field. He well, didn't say... I mean, he commented on the hit itself saying, like... I guess, yeah, I don't know the whole He story. said he, he, the way he had his head or whatever, there was no intent to that. Well, that's something. where it gets dangerous. Anytime the player's head is down like that, that's when you're going to get... Yeah. Was there no penalty at all on that play? 
Or you're no, saying it was roughness penalty, it was offsetting, which is unnecessary roughness. Right, there it was an offsetting penalty, which is with just the whole Yeah, yes. okay, I agree with you there. I, I I think he should have been thrown out personally, just as a reaction to that play. Yeah. And I agree with you that the call should have had some kind of precedent over the holding penalty. But other than that, I think everything was done correctly, and I think Belichick treated it as such. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I agree with you there. And I'm going to go into a relating quote here, so definitely think about that. Um, That was a pretty vicious hit. Thankfully, Blank came out of that one clean with no concussion symptoms. When someone does something like that, attacks one of your players, that's just not supposed to be in the game. And when it's against one of your players, you naturally have a reaction. Is this... From this weekend? From one of those two hits, yeah. Okay, so then I guess I'm going to go with the other side and say it's about Vontaze Perfect on Jack Doyle? Yeah, it is. I mean, (laughs) take a guess about who said it. I think it's pretty clear if you know his name. What was it? Wait, what was it again? The quote, the quote. (laughs) I need to rehear it. Well, that was a pretty vicious hit. Thankfully, Blank came out of that one clean with no concussion symptoms. When someone does something like that, attacks one of your players, that's just not supposed to be in the game. Oh, so the Colts. Uh, If you don't know, it's a new guy. It's not Pagano. Yeah, I know. I wanted to uh, say Pagano. It's Frank Reich. But uh, I'll give you the full point there. Uh, You shouldn't, because I got some rough stuff going on. Oh, great. All right, I'll give you a half (laughs) point then. Um, But I just, to talk about Perfect real quick, I mean... That is not the first time he's had a dirty play. Mm. And because of that, I feel like he I think he's had three different suspensions where he's been out for four games. Mm. So I don't think there's a protocol yet for the NFL and how they should treat, you know, a player who's been suspended one time for four games, the next maybe for eight and then so on. I know they do something like that for PEDs and drug abuse, uh, substance abuse rather. Um, But I just don't. I think there should be something created for players like Perfect, and they're handling the situation well because of it, because I don't want to see him on the field again at this point. And I think it's nothing against John Gruden or his defense. It's just the type of player that Perfect is. And I mean, the Raiders bring in those kinds of players who have had some run-ins, like Alden Smith, and I know that Reuben Foster might have been there for a second. Mm-hmm. No, I think he was... Yeah, I think he was there after the Niners. Um, I'll double-check that, but at the very least... This isn't the first player that has um, yeah, broken some rules uh, with the uh, NFL. I don't think Reuben Foster was on the Raiders, by the Who way. Who is it that no, it wasn't. Perfect uh, always went like one-on-one with whenever the Bengals played them? There's like some team... No, no, no. The Bengals is where Perfect was. And it was the Steelers. Yes, yes, yes. Antonio yeah. Brown and Juju one time. Yeah. He had a hit on no, Juju. No, no, no. That's what I was saying. I didn't know went, if it was the Steelers or not. That uh, it was, I knew it was perfect on the Bengals is right, what I'm saying. Right. I didn't know who the other party to that uh, last one was. Mm, yeah. So, okay. yeah, AB then. Which, take with that what you will. <laughs> exactly. But, uh... I kind of want to avoid the AB talk for a while. We we're done with him. I'm so done uh, with him. Anytime we tune into done. anything is just all leading up to football. I've been AB <laughs> so annoying. Yeah, I mean, honestly though, AB's we, canceled. We, we haven't uh, we haven't done a show for a couple weeks. Uh, have we done one since he was cut from the Patriots? I don't think we did. I feel like he was still with the Pats when uh, Cookie Boy. Uh, yeah, I think it was like right before he was cut. So, how do you uh, feel about him saying the NFL needs him and that football needs him? We don't, particularly 
because we don't need other people. Like if we if the NFL doesn't need Colin Kaepernick, we don't need Antonio Brown. Some simply based on position alone. There's a million guys that can come in at wide receiver, quarterback, and at the caliber Ka- Kaepernick had been, who like in a Super Bowl had potentially been a bigger part of that team than AB ever could be to another team, and we don't need Colin Kaepernick. I don't think we need Antonio Brown. Um, honestly, I don't think the NFL needs a single player. Uh, or well, they need players, but there's well, not a fair. single player that the NFL needs well, to survive. And that's strictly because that's how the NFL markets themselves. They're, the NFL, and it's honestly falling behind because of this, the NFL markets based off of teams and not players. The NBA, the reason why they succeed so well is because they market off of individual players. That's why everyone knows LeBron, Russ Westbrook, Kevin right. Durant, all these guys because they market those guys, not the Cavs, the Warriors. It's it's the individuals on those teams. But I'd still argue that the NFL does that too and that both of them would be able to survive without, like, their top star. Like, you could cut Mahomes out of the NFL and, honestly, you could cut LeBron out of the NBA. I don't think you can. I think you can. I don't think you can cut LeBron. And we're going to see it soon when he retires that they can just put another player in that position. Well, Bronny Jr., which is the legacy of LeBron, which is started But it's not, we don't know. It could be Zion. Look at Zion. And I agree with that. I agree with that. LeBron could retire this year and Zion would But that's a retirement issue as opposed to being strictly cut out. That's a guy who's played a whole career in a league and then left. If you were to cut Mahomes right now and LeBron in his prime, LeBron in his prime is a bigger deal to the NBA than Mahomes to the NFL. Yeah, but I guess my point is that any top player, especially in the NBA, can just be promoted and become that star because of how well they do that. So it doesn't matter if you're LeBron or a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who, if he has a crazy good season, he can be promoted to the top. Yeah. And we've seen that with Harden. We've seen that with, like, he just grows out a beard and becomes owners of the beard. I agree. That's the NBA and, to promote but, but that's the thing. Look at the way we've talked about them. Yes, they can move to that position, but it's their marketability. It's Harden being the beard that well, gets him to be okay. as right. popular and be that guy. There's, I mean, there's only so much you can do with the NFL saying, like, Brady is the GOAT. Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. just a right. statement. That's a fact. But, like, it's based upon the team and the past teams that do it. In the right. NBA, you can be on a bad team and still be one of the top guys. Yeah. Look at Anthony Davis for years with the Pelicans. Never really had a great team, but he was right. still one of those guys. Well, it's just at the Tom same Brady time, isn't necessarily that guy without the Pats and Belichick and everything else. Okay, uh, but I think one more point would be the NBA is a team of twelve to fifteen players. You know, the NFL is 52, 53. Mm-hmm. So there is a reason why the NBA is so much better at marketing their well, players. And a hundred percent, and but, that's why baseball is cl- kind of following that suit yeah, now as of well. Of course, marketing should, players because that's the most individual sport of all of them. Yeah, um, and all of baseball is. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it literally is. Exactly. But uh, I guess the, my final question before we move on from topics would be, if you took, like, Giannis or James Harden mm. and they just pulled an AB and just left the league and said, the league needs me, what what's your response to that? I think Giannis is interesting. I He still hasn't hit that spot yet where it would be the case. I think a guy like LeBron in his prime, him saying that, I agree. I think guys that change the culture of the surrounding league yeah, and, yeah. and society as well, that's where it's an issue. Like, LeBron completely changed basketball. I guess LeBron, Steph Curry, I think yeah. Steph Curry, without Steph Curry, basketball is kind of hurting. I okay. Even when Steph Curry was, like, actually injured this year and was out for a good amount of time, 
basketball was missing something. Right. I just think the NBA can find another Steph. They can find another player to put in that position. LeBron's the one example I actually don't think works anymore, but it's the same thing as like Brady now. But it would be if Brady stepped away. And then it would but, just be fine. And, like, and that's fine. Yeah. But Steph, I still say, is an issue because he completely... I learned this from literally coaching little kids basketball. Everyone <laughs> plays like Steph Curry now. Yeah, yeah Everyone yeah, yeah, modeled yeah. before. Well, everyone him. plays football like Odell now. You know, he, I, he had that. Sure, but like and there's been athletic guys that can do what Odell did. Okay. Steph, Steph Curry the game completely introduced right. limitless range. But every time there's a one-handed catch, you say, like people compare it to Odell. Uh, you know what I, I mean? mean? Like it's like wow, looking like Odell Beckham. But that's right one instance. This is consistent play uh, yeah. of like every night it's just, just shooting instance, the lights up. Okay. Yeah. There was like a handful of yeah. one-handed catches, but when you come into, you know, a long season like the NBA as opposed to 16 games, like when you're coming in, is it? Did I say that right? 16, 16 games. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 17 well, weeks. Well, but you 17 get weeks, yeah, but yeah, with yeah, the Bobby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, when you're coming in nightly and being known as that guy who can shoot the lights out of a gym, yeah. that's going to be a culture change. Yeah. Odell doesn't have a one-handed catch every single game. That's, yeah, fair point. So um, that's why I think it... Before we move to your next quote, since we are just trying to catch up on a few weeks of sports here and, you know, in all of sports, but really the NFL, um, why don't we discuss the Cleveland Browns, who, uh, you know, the team that Odell's on. We've definitely talked about them heading into the season mm-hmm. as... I know you like them. It was both of us expected a lot from them, as did the majority of sports media. But um, how do you feel about their slow start? Well, what do you think of the team? They're two and two. I I honestly big one against the Ravens. So I honestly thought that this was kind of how their season would go. I thought that they did have a lot of talent, but part of me was also thinking like. I just can't see this working out as perfectly as everyone has the expectations set. Of course. And because expectations were so high, I knew it would kind of could potentially like phase out. And I think this was a prime time for Baker Mayfield to have a bit of a sophomore slump. And it all kind of happened like that. Yes, the the Ravens win is big. But teams are kind of learning now how to play against not necessarily Lamar, but other players on that team. Mm. I think Lamar is still very, very talented and yeah, of course. has a very good season ahead of him. Yeah, I, I loved Lamar since he was, you know, his Heisman season at Louisville. I thought he was something special. So I don't think that really changes my mind on Lamar. But in terms of the Browns, that's a fairly good win. That was probably their first actual good I mean, win. They, how many points did they score? They, wasn't it 40 to 25? I knew it was a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a very impressive win for sure. Um, I think that's going to happen. I just don't think that lends itself to necessarily being a playoff caliber team. Even if they do make it, I don't think that's what makes a playoff team. Okay. Yeah, as I'm, I've become a Browns hater over this past I agree. year. Me as well. Especially because of how Odell and Baker have spoken about the Giants, who we'll definitely get to in a bit. Um, but I, I think they are going to warm up and figure out how to play with each other because mm-hmm. that's also a big point, not just how to play against division rivals like the Ravens, but how to play as a team, you yeah. know? And they're just getting started, not just Baker to Odell, but Baker's still trying to figure out Jarvis Landry. I think it's his second year there. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to figure out how to use Nick Chubb even more as he's in his sophomore Chubb season. He's like really good. good. Yeah. Yep. And then they got to, well, they don't have to, but Kareem Hunt's going to be in there for the second half of the season. If they even need him. If they even if need they him even because need Chubb him looks great. Point. So... I think they are a playoff team still, especially in a weak AFC North 
where the Steelers are nothing like they used to be. The Bengals are 0-4. And then the Ravens, I honestly think are going to only end up like 9-7 and at the best because I do think Lamar is starting to show that he's not the best quarterback in the NFL. He, like, he played out of his mind the first two weeks, and I just don't think he's looked near that in these past two. Not to say that he can't lead them to a winning record, but that's different from being a playoff-caliber team. So I do think the Browns win the AFC North, maybe win a playoff game, but I don't see them going too far. I just, and that's gonna. That's just what I expect. No, I, I, mean, I, I just I, don't like them. <laughs> like, but. Exactly. I don't like them either, and I think part of it also has to do with their fan base. And, you know, say what you want about Boston fans or whatever, but there's something to be said, and even New York fans, for continued excellence within a city. Mm. So... You know, I'm, I'm a Knicks fan, but having the Yankees consistently be very good within each decade, having the Giants, you know, have two wins, in, two, two Super Bowl wins in my lifetime, it's consistent excellence. The Red Sox, Pats, same thing. When you get these guys that literally for their lives, their father's lives, and their grandfather's lives have not even had close to anything like that it's anarchy look what yeah. happened with the eagles oh my god and they had the phillies a couple of years ago <laughs> like cleveland is going to literally go crazy uh, if the browns do this yeah. same thing with uh maybe uh, well i was just gonna say that they had well i mean the bills were kind of getting there with bills oh, mafia while they were undefeated geez. too no all i was gonna say is that they had this happen with the Cavs, and they yeah. went crazy but that was like a real buildup because they'd had LeBron for so long and he comes back and finally wins them their championship against the 73-win Warriors. I mean, that's awesome. But, like, again, awesome story, but, like, they also had LeBron when he was younger and they were in the playoffs consistently. Right. And, like, it was still like, okay, we're good. This is like all of a sudden, boom, we have Odell oh, yeah. Beckham well, it's like- and now we're <laughs> about to go insane because our football team has been hot trash oh, for the gosh, past yeah. however many years. So I'm... I hate them, first and oh, foremost. They're so <laughs> and I'm terrified of the results that will happen just from a couple playoff wins. Yes, we will see how that goes, but I do think they'll be in the thick of it as the season ends. But, I mean, you're not beating the Pats or the Chiefs in the AFC, in my opinion. No Especially because I just think Baker's overrated. But that's a topic for another day. I know we have some other I agree. Um, segments and that we can get into, but yeah. Right? Real, real quick, yeah. I also, since we bring up the Chiefs, I also think Mahomes has lived up to his rating. Or like, oh, oh, no, if, no if saying last year yeah. he was overrated, I could kind of understand that by the end of the season, but like, now it's like, yeah, Pat Mahomes is that guy. Like, he's legit. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. I think he should be in the thick of the conversation for MVP once again. And people are saying he has the talent to be the best quarterback we've ever seen. So I I hope he lives up to that. I feel like we're in a state where so many players get hit by injuries, though. Mm. Um, Honestly, quarterbacks haven't been the victim of injuries, but I just think for some reason I expect something to happen to him. Maybe like what Peyton had to go through with the neck injury uh, or just someone. I don't know. I, I really just have that gut feeling, and I hope it doesn't happen, but... I want to see Mahomes shatter some records, okay. either either season records or career records. I think he could do them both. All right, so you can move on to your next segment. All right, we'll keep football rolling, though, yeah. and we're going to get into a stat line. So for those of you tuning in for the first time or fairly recently, stat line is a new segment where we name two – or excuse me, we release two unnamed stat lines, and the other guy has to guess who it is. Right. So first guy. 
578 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Okay. Second guy, 1,043 yards, six touchdowns, nine interceptions. Okay. Okay. I mean, ooh, that is tough, actually. Uh, are these total touchdowns or just passing? These are the first. I actually don't know when I got the numbers. <laughs> now I think about Can it. Can you repeat them then? All right. Um, 578 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. 578. Okay. Okay. And then? The second is 1043. Yeah. Six touchdowns, nine interceptions. Okay. Okay. Wow. Nine interceptions in four games is a lot. Um, Okay. Player A. Never said it was four games. That's true, too. But player A does not sound like he's played four games. In fact, I think he's played two games. I think he's won them both. I think it's Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is the first player. Um, but player B is kind of stumping me. And I guess that's true. He may not have played four games. Um, but nine interceptions. Um, honestly, it could be Baker Mayfield. It's not Baker Mayfield. The only reason I say that, by the way, is his whole drama with Daniel Jones. Yep. But uh, let's hear who it actually is. <laughs> so it's actually Eli Manning's stat line for his first okay. career. I've for his not first career year. I, oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, that threw me for. I guess that's why that I was gave why it was tricky. One. But yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. cool to look at the two. Yeah. Because Daniel Jones, let's say, is Eli 2.0. He's the better, newer version of Eli. He's got some legs. He He's move, got the yeah. new springs on him. Daniel Jones is legit. And if you're wanting what you got out of Eli, we got two Super Bowls with him. You know, hopefully Daniel Jones will get that as well. That'd He's be awesome. Played these two games. He has two wins. He's undefeated with the Giants. Let's uh, keep that rolling. Knock on wood if you're with yeah, me. Please. Quote Gruden here. <laughs> but there's so much to talk about this. So looking at Eli Manning's first year, yep. you know, Daniel Jones playing two games is already going to surpass that oh, yeah. with far fewer interceptions. Um, who do we think ultimately ends up with the better career, though? Well, it's tough to beat top 10 in passing yards and passing touchdowns and two rings and just overall legacy that should get Eli into the Hall of Fame. But I agree with you that Daniel Jones has not shown any signs of him being the interception king that Eli is. And he is much a much better fit for Pat Shermer's West Coast offense. He's a modern-day version of Eli, like you said. He can move. Mm-hmm. He's won games with his legs, as we yeah. saw against the Buccaneers. <clears throat> um but it's just not too, afraid to throw a deep either. Yeah, not which at all. Which has really helped this offense a lot. Right. So I'd say. And I think if Odell was still here, he'd appreciate it. If a lot. we still had Odell, uh, we might be watching the rookie of the year, and he still yeah. could win that even without him. And we get Golden Tate back this week. We'll see what that can do I'm for excited, him. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to just say that I think Eli finishes with a better career because it's, it's, it's early, a known. Yeah. It's a known. I don't want to say legend, but it's a known great versus a guy who has shown glimpses, but he's only played two career games, and he's looked good in them. Uh, one very good, one decent. But I'd say it's got to still be Eli. However, I do agree with you that if everything goes right, we might be looking at just a second coming of Eli here. And I'm all for it. I think it'd Completely. Be, I think it would really be awesome to see. Um, but, yeah, Daniel Jones, I first of all, are we riding with Danny Dimes? Have we decided? I mean – we can, Giants fans can call him whatever, but for the purposes of this show, is it Danny Dimes? Is it Jones Zone? Is it something else? I think I think it's Danny Dimes, 
but we coined the Jones Zone the minute he was drafted. Yeah, I kind of like Jones Zone. But that's not his nickname. I think that's us being the fans of Daniel Jones. We're in the Jones Zone. Ooh. We're rooting for him. Like, that could be like a Giants fan section similar to uh, the All Rise Judges Chambers at uh, Yankee Stadium. Oh. So I would say we will we own the Jones Zone <laughs> here. Patent pending. Yeah, patent <laughs> pending for sure here at uh, Senior Quotes, but. Also patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, but I think Danny Dimes is his nickname. And I, I, I think he likes it. I, I can't really tell what he thinks. But he also seems like the kind of guy that doesn't care what you call him. He's just going to go out there and win games. And that's what we wanted to get out of our Eli replacement. So so I, I have a ton of just like random fun questions I thought up about Daniel Jones. Okay. So obviously he's Eli 2.0 without being a Manning. But Arch Manning... He's on the come up. Oh. Do you think he's the replacement post Daniel Jones? We did the math and it kind of lined up well. Like nine years out or ten years out um, from seeing Arch Manning in the NFL. And if Danny Dimes has a solid career and his legs are getting slower and he wants you know some more money elsewhere and we want to rebuild, why not draft Archie Manning's grandson, uh, Cooper Manning's son? Basically, if we... Got rid of Daniel Jones around the time Eli started not being as great. Right. If we corrected our mistakes. I mean, hopefully Daniel Jones can last longer than Eli did. I think we just did not have a good GM at that time at Jerry Reese. Yeah. He just didn't know how to draft a team no. around Eli. Because we wasted some good seasons as well as a couple seasons where he led the league in picks. But that there was just a trade-off there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I say if, if we see the team decline. Not happy. Yeah, like, exactly. we're not like because this potentially could have been wasting Saquon's career. Right, like, right, right, right. Now Saquon is gonna have a good time. Just need to come back. Yeah, healthy. Because yes. we haven't even seen a full game of Daniel Jones having Saquon behind him. Saquon was uh, slow to start against the Bucks, and then he got was hurt. getting stopped like crazy. Yeah, too. that Bucks defense is. Legit. I mean, a great game. I know Kyle was listening. Uh, a minute ago. I'll say this. Bucks have been the biggest surprise for me this year. He said he wants to hear a little bit of Jameis. We were talking about goats. I yeah, don't think he's yeah. near there, but he <laughs> I, wants to hear some Jameis talk. I My whole take on Jameis is, yes, Jameis is having a good year so far. A lot better than usual, but Jameis is Jameis. He's still going to throw a pick sometime soon. <laughs> and No doubt. You know, yeah. it, it's going to add up. Uh, Jameis is just not the guy I want to be leading my team. <laughs> I think it's Get rid of him, maybe bring in. I still think Josh Rosen can be something special, or I don't even know. Just get a guy in the draft, maybe like a Jalen Hurts type or a Herbert type. Some guys that could, you know, potentially be not one of those first guys going to either the Dolphins or even the Bengals. I just, I don't know. Jameis is just not it for me. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Kyle, but. Not a Jameis guy. Yeah, but I, I know he's... <laughs> I like I like how things are going for you guys this year. I'm, yeah. Like I said, biggest surprise of the NFL was the the Buccaneers this year. Yeah, I know he'll be frustrated about that comment about Jameis, but on the whole, I do think things are looking up for the Bucks. We saw how good their pass rush was against the Giants, who have a new and improved offensive line, but... I mean, we'll see. Maybe the Bucks can make the playoffs. I mean, both the Bucks and Giants are 2-2, two and two, so definitely not out of it yet, so we'll see how that goes, but... Um, I guess we can move on to what my uh, stat line was. So, it, again, kind of similar to what is you said. Is it NFL? It is NFL. Mm-hmm. So, player A, this is, this is from a single game, though. And player A was 9 for 17 
for 107 passing yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. Player B. Wait, I'm so sorry. You need to do that again because I saw our live stream on my phone yeah. and saw me on my phone watching our live stream, and it was That's way too trippy. much of like inception. Uh, all right, so we'll get back to me that. out. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. Nine for 17, 107 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. That's player A. Player B was 23 for 31, 225 yards, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions. If it's similar, that's it's very similar. That's Daniel Jones's stat line, I think. Is uh, which player? Didn't he have two picks? No, he had. I mean, I can't help you. What was the first one? Line player again? A was only nine for seventeen for okay. one hundred seven yards. Okay. No touchdowns, three interceptions. Okay, Daniel Jones was the second one. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like his stat line. Yep. And then. Wait, that sound that sound sounds so familiar because I. Oh, I think I was actually going to do this one if I didn't do it. It's uh, Haskins. Yes, it is Let's Dwayne go. Haskins. So, and a fun one I could have done and might call up now would be their two senior year stats, mm, or at least their final cool. year um, in college. But yes, this was Haskins compared to uh, Daniel Jones. People are now saying not only that Jones was a good pick, but that he was the smart pick over Haskins. That's mm-hmm. becoming something that multiple experts are saying. And it's early. These are just those, you know, talking heads on TV. This, what this we want to be. This is the debate for the next oh, 10 years. No doubt this about it. This is the it. Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, you know? Well, like, well, I guess what I'm saying is Rivers, Manning, Roethlisberger, from what I remember, I mean, I was not following the NFL when they were drafted in 04, but mm-hmm. those three were all highly regarded. Um, Roethlisberger may be the least of the three, but they were all top 10 picks. Yeah. This was a weird quarterback class where Daniel Jones wasn't supposed to be even mid-first round. He was supposed to be in the late first round. And Haskins was the only one that was thought of being even top 10 caliber. It was weird. So no one thought Daniel Jones should have been taken at six when that happened. And I'm seeing a bunch of TV personalities just doubling back and trying to be the first people to say that was a great pick by the Giants because no one had said it yet. So I'm trying to read through everybody just trying to put their takes out there and see who really can give some good analysis on Daniel Jones because I definitely see some flaws with him I think that you get out of any young quarterback. I agree, you know? and I think it's stuff he'll be able to work on like, and I, improve upon. I it's nothing need... that's like straight-up football in him that he can't fix. I think it's yeah. stuff that like he'll well, be he, able to work on and develop skills. He has skills. all the physical traits to be a great quarterback in today's NFL. What I need to see from him, and I've said this multiple times just in conversations with Giants fans, mm. is that he needs to be able to make a second read on yes, plays. He can't. Definitely. A lot of the plays in the first two games have been quick reads where someone slants over the middle and he's just looking there the whole way. Or the deep ball, so he, you know, he looks there the whole way. Or a flat to Saquon. He needs to see that that slant is covered because we got lucky and we had like our fifth-string receivers getting open on all those mm. slants. If it's covered, he's got to be able to look that way and switch and look somewhere else instead of forcing the pass. And if he has that run ability, no, yeah. if no one's there, and I think check out the run. That's as what well. we saw in the Buccaneers game. I mm-hmm. think is yeah. when everyone was covered, 
he did make a second read, and it wasn't to throw it, it was to run, and it worked. You know, neither of but the touchdowns... But he just needs to add that third read, yeah. I guess, well, of either run or pass. Exactly. It, it just it, needs that extra layer. Yeah, yeah. So once he can do that, I mean... Which I think he can. That's something that I feel like he can work on. Obviously, it's a step up to go from college to the NFL mm-hmm. in terms of how fast the game is played, and maybe we're seeing that, but that's just how he played in college. Especially too. coming out of the ACC. It's yeah. nothing like yeah. big SEC football. I mean, football. exactly. Like, I, uh, let's see how he did against Clemson. I feel like... Like that would be a good indicator of at least how he performed against NFL talents back then. But I, I don't know. It's just I, I'm impressed by him so far. I'm still a skeptic. But obviously, as you know, we're both rooting for him heavily. Oh, definitely. As Giants fans, but also as originators of the Jones Zone, like we said. Also, com- completely unbiased opinion here as a Giants fan. I don't think I've seen enough of either Haskins or or Daniel Jones to make a statement as to the Giants making the right decision. I think it was a very brash decision, and hey, if you like your guy, go for him. At the same time, like we only saw Dwayne Haskins come into the game. He didn't have a full start. We've seen Daniel Jones play two games, and you know the Redskins aren't great this year. Right. Buccaneers was fairly impressive, but beginner's luck potentially. And then the next two games, we have Vikings and Pats. So, like, I want to see Daniel Jones... I would love to see Daniel Jones win both of those games. Of course. But I'd like to see him win one of those games, most likely the Vikings won, because yeah. Kirk Cousins has been great. Yeah. And then play the Pats very well. That's ideal situation. If he does those things, I'm kind of sold on Daniel Jones. As you should be, because one stat that I stumbled upon just browsing through the NFL subreddit was that the Pats have won 18 straight games against a first or second year quarterback. Obviously, the most recent being against Josh Allen this past Sunday. Um, it is <laughs> standing up a little show for, for the, the show. Uh, for the fans <laughs> there. Yeah, but um, the Giants have actually won 17 straight, uh, which is kind of surprising. Uh, I can't really think. Oh, I mean, BC always. <laughs> I guess that streak would have been broken by the Bills, so maybe it's just like longest streaks of all time. But regardless, I did see them up there. Um, Let's wave to Jack Butterfield real quick. Hold hey, on. Jack Butterfield. Um, so, Shout out Pravi. So if Daniel Jones can be the one to break that streak, that would be extremely impressive. I yeah. mean, we'll have to see about that. But real quick before we go to our final topics of the day, Daniel Jones in his final year at Duke, uh, junior redshirt, um, 60% completion percentage. Okay. Okay, like solid. Yeah. Uh, not the best, not the worst, especially in the... Um, Again, it's Duke. Oh, we're seeing sound doesn't work from Butterfield. All right, well, good to know now. <laughs> this Let's is what this out. test was about. Hopefully you're listening on the radio then. Um, pair, or you can listen... with your Insta Live. Yeah, listen back on the podcast here. Uh, <laughs> so 60% completion percentage, 2,600 yards, 22 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Um, if you remember Haskins, though, it's probably because your phone's plugged in. Just thought about that. Really? Because uh. sound because it's going into your computer, so it might be. Oh, well, we'll see. Uh, Haskins. Mere musings, fans. Seventy <laughs> percent completion percentage. Okay. So big step there. Forty-eight hundred yards, fifty touchdowns as opposed to eight interceptions. So I I will say this though, like besides their competition. Like, that's fairly impressive for Haskins based on who, upon who he was playing compared to Daniel Jones. Right. But the other players surrounding them on their offense that would go to those schools, like, to... No, that is 
a hundred percent why exactly what these it two is. stat lines are yeah. what they are. There's no question. So it was so hard to worry, but like, <laughs> God, that's what I meant. Yeah, you're not getting like top receivers just going to Duke, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just addressing some people who um, had trouble with uh, the link on my Snapchat too. Do they like us. Um, hope they like us hopefully they do but three different people said uh, the link that was on my story didn't work so annoying oh well i do know that people are tuning in because it's fine the best way to view it is through podcasts yeah so no question about it when you're listening <laughs> for you listening right now it's the best way to do yeah it. so you guys are the real winners here um my mom had a request for a topic but i think we touched on it before but there's a new update to it um that california is has passed the bill to compensate college players beginning in, I believe, 2023. So what do you think about that? I know we, I think, talked about well, the proposal. Well, I'll, I'll give you a glass half full. Oh, because, really? So thanks a lot, Mrs. Broderick. Yeah, jeez, Mom. But Come on. Uh, <laughs> Governor Ga- yeah, Gavin Newsom has signed into law the, and I was going to say blank, which says colleges in blank. <laughs> Cannot punish their athletes for collecting endorsement money. All right. Well, do I have to fill in the blanks? No, not anymore. <laughs> um, but let's get into this because this is pretty interesting. Here's my glass half full. Let's so for those of you listening for the first time, glass half full is where I take something. I guess it's usually negative and put a positive spin. But my personal view on this is that it's not a negative thing. But we're going to do it like it's a negative thing. So first of all. We get young athletes with crazy money. So even more clout for young athletes. (laughs) Awesome. Imagine all the cool stuff that's going to come about that. More media, more news to talk about. I love it. That just can't end well. (laughs) Number two. Like, look what happens when you give Rick Pitino money. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. You're telling me some (laughs) 19-year-old kid with a a Nike deal? Mm. That's just not going to go well. Number two. Now it's an easier way to fund their rap career because all ballers want to be rappers. All rappers want to be ballers. Boom. More music, and I'm happy. Okay. Big one, and this is genuine, return of NCAA video games. That's what I can't wait for. That's what is coming from this, and I actually had a thought today. They should do uh, classic college teams. That'd be dope. I feel like they can now because exactly. they have. The I think that'd be so cool. To that would be awesome. Like if you could do like the old school Miami, oh, oh, bad boys. No, you could do Catholic Street Convicts. Yes. Whoa. All right. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I mean, I've been. You could get for that some game. of these like current NFL guys slash like old NFL guys playing on their college team with their wow. college ability. That'd be so fun. There's so much stuff you could do with it. Then connect it to Madden. That way you can have a guy. And hopefully Cookie Boy's listening. He probably isn't, but Cookie Boy, <laughs> shout out Cookie Boy. Talking Madden again. That way you can have your guy say, like, let's take Tom Brady at Michigan, have him go through his Michigan career, play really well with him, have him be the number one draft pick and see where he winds up. That'd be awesome. And continue it in Madden. Whoa. That'd be so great. Should we make a uh, senior quote to YouTube and just steal that idea? Yeah, I would do that if this all works out. <laughs> Why so, didn't we put the franchise on YouTube? Like yeah, that would cool. we might have to do that. Actually, we'd probably garner a ton of uh, views on people it. would love. All right, so we've been 
we've had now two Madden franchises between the first one was between our nine roommates plus two other friends. Shout out Kyle and Nick Jones who basically live there when they're playing some Madden. Um, and then we started a second one because we wanted to just draft more teams and uh, <laughs> just play we twice the amount. We couldn't draft fantasy anymore, yeah. so we were like, God <laughs> damn it, we need to draft something. <laughs> yeah, so both of these leagues are fantasy franchises, and they're so much fun to play. We are just <laughs> now, I think Jack Raj was playing Tim right now, the final game of our regular season for oh, that good, first league. Joe was stressing about wanting to play week three. Yeah, yeah, and then he, Joe played week three in our other league. So we, we're playing a ton of Madden, and that could be stretching our content even more and upload some... It'd be, uh, it'd be fun. We could upload every single user versus user game because no one wants to watch the computer play. Yeah, but, no. like... That could be really fun, and you get the commentary and personalities of all of us. I, I think we just hatched a brand new idea live on Senior Quotes, so shout out to you who were there to uh, hear that idea arise. So, very cool. Oh, um, I, also, I also have more glass half full. Okay. So, yeah, I don't mean to cut that off, but you just made me think about all that I'm because all of for it. NCAA be football. Yeah, all right. So, beyond NCAA football, which would be incredible. Yeah. Other big cities get big name talent after California. And honestly, right. this is how it should be. This is how it works for all other sporting markets. That's why New York brings in talent. That's why LA brings in talent. Like guys want to play in these prime locations and get these deals. So I'm expecting, you know, New York to be next at some point. I would love for Boston because BC is that target school that would bring in people and we'd have a legitimate football team. Yes. It shouldn't be just, you know, coming from funding from the South, like the machine out in Alabama, where they're able to get these guys and do all this stuff, you know, pretty much illegally anyway, through boosters. So machine don't kill me, <laughs> but they don't take, they, they don't take this lightly. So if any Alabama fans are listening, that's, that's a rough look, uh-uh. but I really would love this because then we're getting big name talent to the cities that we love, Boston, New York, even LA would be cool to see these guys. You're probably going to see UCLA basketball be big again and USC football be big time. I could see Chicago basketball schools blowing up again. Yes, Because definitely. there's a lot of talent that comes out of Chicago that does not stay in DePaul or, or what even – what schools are there? Northwestern? Never Northwestern. Really that'd be cool. Yeah, so. I would love to see Northwestern get a legitimate team. Yeah. But also if you – I start thinking like, okay, USC is bringing in this talent. Then that means their biggest rivals, Notre Dame, are going to want in on it. Once Notre Dame football goes in on this, it is going to have to be everyone doing it. Right. No one else will be able to compete with Notre Dame football allowing for their players to get money. It's a very good point. I mean, I think there's just no question that this is the direction that the NCAA has been heading in for years now. It has to. Yeah. And it's weird to think about, though, because we're going to be college students, or I guess it won't be during our time in college, but... You know, our sons, for example, our children will be college students owing money while not only are these players on scholarship and not owing any money to go to school, and obviously people said that's how they're being paid, and that isn't fair, I agree with that, but now they're going to be making money, which is weird on one hand. On the other hand, we've talked about recently, I don't know if you were involved in the conversation, but just with some friends saying why NBA players are paid so much money, and it's because of the revenue that they bring into their teams and their organizations. That's what's happening with these NCAA teams, primarily football and basketball. So we won't see a balance at all between those sports and, say, college baseball. 
and that's how it should be. But then you could see people argue for something with Title IX. I, I think there's going to be a lot that comes there's, out of this. There's going to be so much. But it should start with basketball and football and the sports that do bring in the most money because that's how it should work. It's not a gender thing. It's not an equality thing. It's based on the revenue that each team is bringing and to I, the school. I think it's going to make for better pro play afterwards. We're going to see these guys... Uh, I'm actually on both sides of the argument with this. We're going to see these guys in college get a better idea of who they actually are as opposed to them coming straight out of high school or going overseas. Like, LaMelo Ball is a very confusing issue right now in terms of where he'll land next year because he's not in college. And, you know, luckily we had guys like LeBron who, you know, came right out of high school. But even he said, based upon this new um, California ruling, that – he would have went to college. His mom and him didn't have any money. You know, going to college for free wasn't an option. Right. He couldn't go and not make money. Good point. So he had to go straight to the league. So now we're going to get these great players actually going to college and, yeah. and getting it done. Yeah. So I think it's going to be really incredible to see. I think it's also great for, you know, black culture too because if we have yeah, more guys totally going is. to college, getting paid – you know, if their career ends early or they don't go pro, they're still going to have a they're a reason to stick around in college and finish with their yeah, degree. they'll have an education to fall back on for sure. So I think that's awesome. I hope this puts an end to the one-and-done rule. Yeah. Um, I believe basketball players should have the, you know, choice uh, in terms of how long to stay at school. And, I mean, I guess they do currently, and but just every single talented player just goes after yeah. freshman year. I want to see guys like Zion stay in college longer. Because on one hand, you want those guys straight to the league. Like, oh, man, I can't I, – I, I want to know how he'd be on the Knicks or on the Pelicans or this or that. Um, and I just think it's cool to think Zion didn't win a championship with Duke last year. He would have if he was able to stay around. And that's what I'm saying. Like, what if he came back and was like, this year I win the championship? Like, he's making money. Money is not – is the least of his worries now because – he doesn't have to rush to the league like LeBron did and not even go to college at all. So we could see guys who want to have a college legacy before they even go to the pros, which I think would be incredible. I think that's really cool too. But at the, And also we're seeing great players play with other great players. Because now – and we'll see a ton of players that would have went to a school go elsewhere because a great player is sticking around. Let's say, you know – Trevor Lawrence example in football. Let's say Trevor Lawrence was able to leave after one year. You know, then we would have a different great Clemson quarterback. But no. Instead, Trevor Lawrence is there and a guy that would have thought Clemson is now looking elsewhere. Yeah. So same thing with basketball. We'll it's see talent, talent. Yeah. all over the place. It's not Duke that'll have the same top freshman class every single year. Yeah. We should see guys spreading out to schools, maybe like Boston College. Yeah. You know? I, I do have... Uh, a holdback on this though is that a, a while ago, maybe over the summer, I read an article um, that talked with Kobe about how all these younger players are getting these very serious injuries, ACL tears, everything else in basketball. Yeah. And it's because from such a young age, they're stressed to play all these tournaments, all these games, and their bodies physically can't take the amount of games being played. So now we might be seeing athletes getting these horrible injuries in college yeah. before they even go pro. Yeah. So something to think about, something to worry about. That's one of the reasons Zion was smart to leave after yeah. one year is because he got hurt in college yeah. and risked his NBA success. I mean, that guy's 
playstyle is solely built on athleticism. Yeah. He's already set now, just by he, right, totally. But without that bounce, imagine if he tore his ACL, and teams took him. I mean, maybe like fifth, fifth in Zion's case. Because they'd expect... I mean, no, with Michael Porter, who was like a top five prospect and fell to 14th or 16th to the Nuggets, and he still really hasn't played yet. So there's an example of a guy kind of screwing up his NBA career by staying in college too long, even though I think he was a one-and-done. So there is a concern there. Maybe with this paying players, we can see a better training staffs and maybe not put so much stress on these players, but... It could go the other way, and the coaches could say, hey, I'm paying you guys now. I want to see the most out of you. So I have a hot take. LeBron's move to L.A. was to try and get this pass for the future generation and his son. Uh, oh. I mean. Hot take. There's not much. That's that's more of like a guess. Like, no, like, hot take is under like. Under the table conspiracy theory, LeBron okay, went to L.A. He worked with lawmakers to get this bill passed. Now his son can get paid <laughs> when he goes to UCLA to play basketball. What's his show called? Uninterrupted or something? The Shop. The Shop? And, oh my god, this is totally true. My hot take is true. It was announced on The Shop. And now Nike makes money off of college athletes. I just solved it. Alright, I I, I helped you a little bit. But uh, I was just going to say, it's something that will be discussed on The Shop. I guess it already has been. Oh, I have one final positive spin. Yeah. And it's my favorite one. Alright. LeVar Ball is coming back in a big way because of this. Oh, no. You know he is coming back as soon as this was announced. He was like, oh, people are getting paid now? I started it. LeVar Ball. And then he's just going to pop up. Also, potentially Lonzo is going to come out because this was within the past 24 hours. Shaq and Dame Dalla are having a rap battle. It's so dumb. Like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't listen to either. Yeah. All right, me neither. But I saw, like, multiple, like, Lines from both on Bleacher Report. Dames was better. Well, Dames were just kind of... It was the obvious thing you'd expect from both of them. Obviously, Shaq is the like worst rapper alive, so it was just kind of like hey, funny. he's got some bars. Oh, dude, I don't know about that. Can we rock? What's up, Doc? No? no. You never heard that? I'm you sure I have. I'm, I'm sure I have. Uh... And I, I, I agree that Damien Lillard's actually a really talented rapper. Damien's actually, like, borderline an actual rapper. Yeah, but like the lines I read from him, I was just... I, I'm not really excited to listen, but I will. And we'll we'll get back to that for next time. But, yeah, so that's our show for um, today, for this week. And we will be back at this regular time slot for the foreseeable future. It's just no going to get... talk tonight, because we're oh. off right now. Hannah B's on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, she's killing quick it. shout out to Dancing with the Stars. Quick shout out to Dancing with the Stars. Shout out Matt Singer. Matt Singer as well. We'll get into some Bachelor talk eventually. Uh, we have shout to out look Pilot forward Pete. to Pilot Pete. <laughs> yeah, Pilot go. Pete, new Bachelor. I'm excited. Oh, no question. I'm so excited for Pilot I mean, he's kind of the GOAT. Uh, big windmill guy. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday at 7 to continue in this time slot, get a little regular schedule going. And we will have some interviews, hopefully in this studio, maybe in the podcast studio. We can record some part of my take like videos in there. Also, real quick, way too much podcast energy coming out with Call Her Daddy. And I think we need to remind fans, we're the OG founding fathers. Oh, facts. So you're either with us or you're with Call Her Daddy. Or you can be us and listen to both. But (laughs) besides that, no. Founding fathers were started here. Coleman, Broderick, and uh, just we're up for today. That's the message we'll send you guys off with. So thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you guys.
Touching 